1: Jacob Aldrodt, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
3: Welcome back everybody sports daily on kfh jacob albrock tommy Castor, taking you through a monday which is always an adventure as we get through a weekend of football glad to have you on board 869-1240 is the number to call uh, chad chambers producing for us as always tommy how was opening night for the wichita thunder
0: it was good we had a really good crowd uh, the thunder fell five to three against the allen americans uh, so not ideal there but uh had a lot of fun, and uh, I, yeah, people are really excited about hockey back in Wichita. It's uh, that time of year, and we've got another game on Friday night.
3: There you go. Hockey is its one of, if not the best live, so I love Hockey Live. If you haven't seen the Thunder, get out there and check them out for sure. Uh, college football, Tommy, uh, an eventful weekend in the Big 12. Um, Oklahoma State continues to be—I mean, Oklahoma State is just— it's funny to me as we, you know, we make picks and we make bets. Oklahoma State has been underrated like in every game that they've been a part of. To me, like I, I, I could not believe they were dogs at home against Texas. They were down big. They come back. They get the win. They establish themselves right back where they want to, um, in the Big Twelve running. And TCU takes a big step in beating Kansas State. We'll talk about the Jayhawks in a minute. Let's start here with Kansas State. That is such an unfortunate game. I mean, like, just so deflating in the sense that what are you supposed to do? I've never seen an injury game like that to a team I've followed. And they still hung around. I mean, that was impressive in and of its own right, Tommy, honestly, that they hung around in that game because you see Adrian Martinez go down after the first possession. We see Will Howard get injured at another point. I, at one point, they're seriously, their five top players at some point were injured in that game. Some were able to come back, some weren't. like what a what an injury disaster for a team. And now, of course, we think big picture and how much of these things linger. But my goodness, that sucked.
0: Yeah, it was not fun at all. um, and I think what was so frustrating was after Adrian Martinez went down, the the conversation was that, more than likely, he could probably return. Like, you know, give him a little bit of time and he'll be back and we never saw him again. And so uh, I'm really curious to know how significant this injury is if it's going to keep Martinez on the shelf for any length of time uh, but hats off to Will Howard you know coming in there and battling and heck yeah um, you know he's he's used to that he did that last year backing up Skylar Thompson and ended up you know starting a handful of games for the Wildcats so he knows what he's doing out there but then of course he goes down with an injury too and you end up seeing Jake Rubley under center so um, yeah from, from that perspective I think that the term that I thought of as I was watching that game on Saturday night was snake bitten. Like that, that, that's kind of how I characterize the Wildcats. And the fact that, you know, the fact they only lost by 10, um, they could have easily packed it up and went home. Uh, But that that shows the the tenacity of this team. They were up
3: 28 to 10 despite it. Yeah. Right. And then all the injuries started coming defensively. And it was, it, you're just like God. There's no way they're going to be able to hold TCU down. Like they're just the walking wounded here. It was such an unfortunate, crappy game for that reason, right? I don't even know how you evaluate it any other way. Like, yeah, they gave up 500 yards of offense, but like, look at the hand they were dealt. I, I honestly, like, I you'd like to think they could hold a 28-10 lead, and I'm sure that's what they'll focus on, and and they should. Internally, because you can only play with the guy. And I think that was essentially climbing after the game. He's like, well, we get so many guys. We got to be ready no matter who's out there. And that's fine. That's the message the coach has to send out. But I'm not. And maybe this is a good thing. I'm not convinced TCU is better than healthy Kansas State. I'm not convinced TCU wins that game if Adrian Martinez plays. I don't think that they do. And while that sucks to think about now, because you feel like Kansas State very much had an opportunity to win the Big 12 and they still do. They still do, right? Like they they're not some team that didn't belong on the same field as TCU. I think that it's reasonable to expect them to win that game if they stay even moderately healthy. But you had god, you had so many guys leaving that game for injury. It was it was insane.
0: Yeah, eventually TCU is going to have to uh beat Kansas state or Kansas with, uh, you know, with, with their starting quarterback, uh, cause both teams, you know, Kansas lost Jalen Daniels when they played DCU. And, uh, of course, Kansas state lost Adrian Martinez and, uh, Will Howard for periods of time in that game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that you, we, we discussed it on Friday. Uh, Kansas state could not afford even, even healthy, even perfectly healthy could not afford to get into a shootout with TCU. Like they had to keep the game low scoring and they did for a while The injury started to pile up and then here comes TCU and they're able to erase that 28 to 10 deficit and then come on top. And so uh, it's, it's unfortunate to me that that's what, that's the way that it happened for Kansas state, but you're absolutely correct that they still have an opportunity. Like this does not 100% kick them out of the race in the big 12. Um, Now they've got an uphill climb. Uh, because it's it's in my mind it's it's clearly a two horse race with TCU and Oklahoma State with TCU having the edge because they beat the Cowboys. But that being said, Kansas State still finds themselves in the top the top part of the Big Twelve. So it's an uphill climb. They've got to get healthy though. Like if they want a chance over the the last month, you know, five weeks of the season, they're going to have to try to get healthier and actually play pretty immaculate football if they want a chance to get back into that conversation.
3: Yeah, and and that and we're gonna find um, we're gonna find out tomorrow probably some of this injury stuff and the status. It it was, I guess, reassuring to know that Adrian Martinez wanted to come back into that game. Again, you know, the, he didn't, and that's okay. TCU, by the way, there you want to talk about having luck on your side, and there is some. I, I think TCU is really good, so don't take this the wrong way, but. I'm pretty sure. So the Oklahoma game that they won, Dylan Gabriel gets hurt. The Kansas game, Jalen Daniels. The Oklahoma State game, Spencer Sanders. And now are Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. Like, their last four wins, the starting quarterback for the opposition has been hurt in the game, I believe. That's crazy town stuff. Like, what? How, how, I mean, <laughs> like, good fortune. Uh, but here they go. And so you look at TCU now, and you see they got to go to West Virginia. They host Tech they got to go to Austin, to Waco and they host Iowa State. So, the good news now for the Big 12 is you just got to get into the game, right? You just got to get into the title game. It's no it's no longer, you know, we play it we play it out these days. So even if TCU ran the table, right? Okay. So now it's a now it's a race with Oklahoma State and you still if you're Kansas State play Oklahoma State. So essentially, if you're Kansas State, you control your own destiny. And that's a good thing. And that's why this may, you know, as much as that was just the buzzkill of all buzzkills on Saturday because you felt like it was out of your control, you come right back and you play Oklahoma State. And, And, you know, everybody else has two losses at least. So this is it for Kansas State. They control their own destiny. If they beat Oklahoma State this week at home, there you go. I mean, you're right back where you want to be, which is to get to the Big 12 Championship game.
0: Yeah, but they've got to get healthy. I mean, they they've got to get healthy uh if they want a chance. And and Oklahoma State is good. Uh the Cowboys are good and Mike They're Gundy so good. is consistent uh and you're watching them come back uh against Texas and I'm with you. Uh I don't understand in what world were the Cowboys home underdogs against Texas. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. Um but, uh, you know, yeah, I think that Kansas State, again, yes, they control their own destiny. They've got an opportunity. They're not out of it by any means, but this is an incredibly crucial game coming up. And the, the question on everybody's mind is, will Adrian Martinez be able to go? Will he be able to go? And if he's not able to go, what can they do with Will Howard? And do they stand a chance against the Cowboys with Will Howard under center? I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be With, it's mm, gonna be with really Will intriguing. Howard,
3: I would say no. I don't think so. Um, even at home, I, I don't think so. Will Howard did a great job. I want to give Will Howard a lot of credit because it's it's been rough for Will Howard. On that opening drive, a couple of those big plays, his receivers made incredible plays for him. And then he did settle in. Like He looked pretty good after that. But can he can he beat Oklahoma State? I think Oklahoma State's the best team in the league. And I know TCU beat them. But I think Oklahoma State's the best team in the league.
0: Um, so, so what do you think? Let me ask you this. So what do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely that Kansas state can beat Oklahoma state this weekend at home, or is it more likely that TCU runs the table?
3: Hmm. I think it's probably more likely that Kansas state beats Oklahoma state at home than TCU runs the table. And I've said for weeks, I don't think anybody's running the table in the big 12 this year. Um, is it more likely for Kansas State, who I think is right there with anybody in this league talent-wise? Obviously, when healthy, that matters. But, I mean, you know, TCU, they do don't—they—they they do have... <laughs> it's interesting because they do have Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma behind them, right? But going to West Virginia, Tech's never easy. Going to Austin, going to Waco, like, none of those are... There's just... You can't let up at all in this league this year, and... If they do it, good for them. But if you're Kansas State, it doesn't really matter because you can still run the table, right? Even with that loss to TCU, you just lost that little bit of wiggle room that you might have had, but I don't think anybody's running it anyway. And we may get into a situation where there are several teams. I, I don't know the tiebreakers or anything like that, but it could get confusing. Adrian Martinez has to play if Kansas State wants to be Oklahoma State. I say it's more likely because I think Adrian Martinez is going to play. I think seeing him on the sideline and again we 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 we're not going to know because we're not going to get honest answers but adrian martinez felt like he was close if he was close enough to sit there and want to come in it almost feels like they were protecting him and saying we're not going to risk it chill out we got to have you from oklahoma state and and those these guys know like if we lose this game we still beat oklahoma state we're going to be in the same position we were anyway I, I feel like Martinez is gonna play. And we again we don't know the extent of that injury yet. We'll find out in the next couple of days. I think he's gonna play and I think if he if he's healthy, not just play, but if he's healthy when he plays, I think they got a pretty good shot to beat Oklahoma State.
0: I I mean the, the pressure is on both of these teams. Um because Absolutely. as you as you mentioned before, it's about getting into the title game. We know TCU barring some kind of Incredible collapse, which I don't see happening. That 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 role, that place in the Big Twelve title game for TCU, it's it's there. Like I, I just, I don't see. As much as I don't, I also don't see them running the table. But I don't see an incredible collapse either. Well, they would like, have to I, lose I think,
3: two for it to be a factor, right? Because they have head-to-head wins over Kansas State and Oklahoma right. State. I just so don't. Now see you're that counting happening. on. Yeah, TCU to not make it into the title game now basically has to lose two games, right? That's where it gets a little trickier. For you're really play, it it feels like you're playing for one spot. Although I think TCU could lose two games. I think they could, I think they could lose in Austin and lose another game. Like I I think that's totally possible. Again, they've had a lot of good fortune on their side the last few weeks. Um, You know, God, just the the injury list for K State in that game. You know, Deuce Vaughn was hobbled. Uh, Felix Anandike Uzama was hobbled. <laughs> Julius Brent, Josh Hayes—like there was just guy after guy after guy after guy—and I—I don't know. It it leaves this massive unknown, and it just sucks too because this team is good enough, and you have to have good luck and good college football is, in my opinion, too reliant on good luck and good fortune. But this team is good enough to do whatever it wants to do. And to see it go down like that is ju- that's what makes it sting even more. Because has there been anything, Tommy, in this season that you've seen that doesn't make you think that Kansas State is as good as any team in this league this year?
0: When they are playing at their maximum capacity, then then no. I think they can hang with any team in the Big Twelve. Um, they haven't always done that. Some of that has been due to injury, but some of that has also been due to just individual performances. I think that um, Adrian Martinez has come on uh, over the last few weeks. Um, So I want to see him healthy moving forward. I want to see him continue to play at that high level, both with his legs and with his arm. Um, And Deuce Vaughn, I feel like over the last couple of weeks, uh, he's been hobbled off and on too. And so not, not just in the game against TCU, we've seen him banged up in previous games. So when they're fully healthy, and when they're fully clicking on all cylinders, uh, no, I, th- I think they can hang with anybody in the Big 12. Um, so that, again, I, I totally agree with you that it's unfortunate that that we're in this position right now because from a talent perspective and from a coaching perspective, I don't think Chris Kleiman gets the credit that he deserves uh, for how great and solid of a coach he is. I think from a talent perspective and a coaching perspective, they I would put them with anybody else to beat anybody in the Big 12 on any given day. Um, they've been, a, like, like I said before, this game against TCU, they were snake bitten, and it's unfortunate.
3: Unfortunate is the right word. I'm just so disappointed that that game played out that way. Like, if TCU wins the game, okay, I can't. I can accept that. I'm I'm good with that. But when they win the game and you feel like Kansas State could have won the game, despite, again, one of the worst snake-bitten, as you put it, injury nights ever, that makes it worse. It's kind of like when TCU beat KU, right? <laughs> Although Jalen Daniels wasn't playing well uh, when he went down. So it's a little bit different. But di- like it's just Kansas State, even with the initial stunner, of Martinez leaving, got up 28 to 10, but then those injuries never stopped. Like it was just I mean, it was I you you just shake your head at it. That's what makes it so frustrating is man, I felt like Kansas State was the better team. And it was and they just didn't get the chance. And that's that's too bad. But it's not all wrong. I mean, if they can if they're healthy enough, again, they control their own destiny the same way. You there's still a spot available for that championship game. We'll see, and we'll see, you know, we'll learn a little bit about the resolve of this team, which I suspect is very high. Um, One other aside on that, with Will Howard in there, how confident do you now become in Colin Klein as an offensive coordinator? His first opportunity to do this, you know, the Tulane game, I think, had some people scratching their heads, myself included, but I think he's done, and Chris Kleiman to some degree, because we knew he was a quarterback whisperer anyway. They've done such a good job. such a good job with this offense, with Adrian Martinez, with all of it. For Will Howard to come in and play that way, I thought was a real tip of the cap to how well that offense is being coached right now.
0: I think so. I think that they're going to have to be a little bit careful. If for some reason, Adrian Martinez, we find out, can't go this weekend, they're going to have to be a little bit careful with Will Howard. He ran the ball nine times. Um, And, you know, so if if Howard, you know, who also is banged up, up, let's not forget... You yeah. might, I mean, you don't want to have to give the ball to Jake Rubley right now. You want to give Rubley an opportunity no. to develop a little bit more into the system. And so uh, it, it's, you know, you've got to be a little bit careful because of the fact that you could be playing with your second string. You don't want to have to go down to your third string.
3: Do you think, because Deuce Vaughn's a little bit hobbled too, who's going to be a bigger factor? Who who do you need more in the game against Oklahoma State, Adrian Martinez or Deuce Vaughn? And I don't, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I think Deuce it's Adrian Vaughn, not...
0: Martinez. I think it's Adrian Martinez. And, and Deuce Vaughn is a great running back. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I've not seen Deuce Vaughn determine the outcome of a game for Kansas State so far.
3: Not I have year. seen Adrian Martinez. He certainly Martinez. has in years past. He did last yeah, year, I... but he
0: hasn't this year. I have seen Adrian Martinez determine the outcome of a game for Kansas State.
3: I think they got to have them both. I, I don't think they're winning that game unless both of those guys are back and relatively at least healthy. I think it's going to take everybody you've got, and that's why this is a it's a big week of press conferences, right? Like, are we going to get any honesty on these injuries before we go to the game against Oklahoma State, or is it just going to be a total, I have no idea what to expect out of the Wildcats because we have no idea what guys are going to be able to go out there? We'll find out in the next couple of days. We'll get Tim Fitzgerald on later in the week to see what he's hearing uh, sort of inside the program. But big week for the Cats, really unfortunate week going back. We'll switch to the Jayhawks as we continue. Man, they every time you want to ride them out in these games, they sort of just hang around. That's gotta be a good sign despite not picking up the wins. 869-1240. We'll come back and talk a little Kansas football when Sports Daily continues. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jake Ballbrock, Tommy Castor, alongside you on this reaction Monday. Let's react to Kansas and Baylor. Again, Kansas gets down early, and again, Kansas plays itself back into the game a little bit. You know, speaking of injuries, Kansas, no Hinshaw, no Jalen Daniels. In my opinion, the two top offensive players on that team. And they're still hanging in there. Tommy, you know, I don't know how many games. We can reasonably expect them to win down the stretch. We need them to win one, right, so they can get into that bowl game. They're not going to be a favorite, I don't think, in any game that they'll play uh, the rest of the way, and quite frankly, probably not particularly close to a favorite in any of those games. Four more chances. Uh, you got a bye week this week, and then it's Oklahoma State. It's on to Lubbock to play Tech. Host Texas and go to Manhattan are our nightmare scenario is dangerously close here.
0: Yeah, uh, they need that bye week really badly uh, to get healthy. Um, with Jalen Daniels especially, um, they're they're not going to go anywhere uh, that they want to go with Jason Bean at quarterback. And that's not a knock on Jason Bean necessarily. Like I think he's fine, but he's not the unquestioned leader of the Jayhawks. And um, you know he played a fairly clean game, which was good against Baylor, but overall it couldn't have been any worse of a start for Kansas. They absolutely got punched in the teeth uh, to start that game. And it was very, it was dangerously close. Like at halftime, it was 28 to three dangerously close, at least for me, like, man, I wonder what else is on TV. Um, Like this is not good at all. But then, you know, true to the way the Jayhawks have played this season, they hang in there. They battle back. They got it within six at one point or within five. Uh, And then, you know, Baylor was able to put the game away, but um, they, they, they have fight in them and um, they grind and they battle. And, you know, here they are, Uh, they're five and three, they've lost three in a row. Um, But I think that all three of those losses, TCU, Oklahoma, and now Baylor, um, you you look at the final score, you look at the way that the team battled um, and, you know, a few different things go a different way. Kansas could have won all three of those games.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the you know the ch- the chances felt good even though they were both road games. Getting the win in Norman or Waco, I mean your two home opportunities are Oklahoma State and Texas. I mean at maybe maybe in Lubbock is your best chance. I just there was always the 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 just little bit of thought that maybe Jalen Daniels could come back after the bye week, and and hopefully that happens. I will say though, I mean, they were statistically sort of dominated in the Baylor game. Uh, kind it kind of felt like the Oklahoma game early, but they're you know they're they're not rolling over, and I don't know if that's enough, right? I don't know if not rolling over or being competitive is enough, and I'm going to keep asking the same question I started asking in week three right? What if they win the first five and lose the last seven? It, it has been the elephant in the room to me all year long. And I still don't even know that I think that's going to happen, but I think it's getting more and more likely unless they get, you know, Daniels back and healthy, because they're not going to get hinshaw back. And he's been a bigger, that, that's been a bigger loss to me than any loss injury-wise that they've faced. I just... And i I don't know if that happens and even if you know they lose by 12 instead of 30 like is that good enough i I it's gonna be really tough when they pile on because you're going what you're talking about if that happens is another month here a month in change of not winning a football game and that will feel all too familiar I think.
0: But it's a matter of perspective. I mean, it, it again, is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to totally go back to is. what I'm going to go back to what I said weeks ago. You would have killed for five and seven at the beginning of the season. You would have. I mean, you know, Vegas had their over under at two and a half. you half. You've doubled up and then some on what Vegas thought you could do. Uh, I, look, I it would be disappointing if the Jayhawks lose out and they, they miss out on a bull. Absolutely, because the expectations start to shift. You know, as you go 2-0, and 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, game day comes to town. Like, yeah, you get, uh, y- you change those expectations, right? But then if you revert back to the way that, you know, everybody was looking at this season, and I I said it before, like, hey, three wins, you got to look at that as a little bit of a victory. Four wins is great. Anything above that is incredible. That's where they are right now. And, yeah, losing, losing seven in a row to end the season, losing out here, um, and I, you know, yeah, it depends on what they do. Depends on how, how Daniels recovers and if he comes back in time. Um, but I, I mean, come on, like, I, I don't see a scenario in which they win against Oklahoma state. Um, Oklahoma state is great. Um, wacky things happen against Texas tech and the way that uh, this team is, you know, the way they play and they're coached by Joey McGuire. Uh, so you never know. Um, Kansas State. I mean, yeah, they're 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 really good. And then Texas. Who knows? I mean, like they they've played. You know, Texas. They they beat Texas last year. So I don't know. I think that it's unlikely. Like again, you look at the way that they're favored or probably will be. Um, which teams will be favored in these final four games? Kansas will be the underdog in all four of them, and yep. I think rightfully so. I don't disagree with that one bit. If that's the way that it ends up, you know, playing out. Um, do I think that they will lose out? Potentially, um, but from a perspective of the way that everybody thought this season would go, I, I'm still pleased with five and seven.
3: I think perspective can change though. When you start five and zero and don't make a bowl game, I mean, there's no way to spin that. That's not dis. That's a disappointment. Like that just it just is. And yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say what an awful year for KU. That's not what I mean at all. What I mean is. What does it do to buzz and momentum to start five nothing. and zero? Nothing, and then not well. Nothing. I, I don't. Do you think this it, team is in I, a substantially I don't know that Lance better Leipold, place?
0: I don't know that Lance Leipold loves it, right? If he's trying no, to decide right. what to do with his future. But even if even if they do lose out, even if they finish five and seven, um, the the transformation of this program is night and day different. It's it's substantially better even if you lose seven in a row and in the season five and seven substantially better than it was this time a year ago, this time, two years ago, this time, eight years ago, 12 years ago, you know? So again, it's a matter of perspective. Like, yes. And I'm not, I'm not arguing with you that it wouldn't be disappointing if you lose out and you, you miss out on a bowl game, 100% it would be. But if you take a 30,000 foot view of the program, even at five and seven, even potentially losing your last seven games, you're in a much better place than you were before.
3: I totally agree with that. There, I don't think there's any question about that. My question is, and, and it's not even really a question because it feels like an obvious statement, like the buzz surrounding the program at five and O oh versus the buzz surrounding the program, let's say if they go into the Texas game at you know, five and six, it would be, or the K-State game. I mean, the the good thing is for Kansas State, uh, sorry, for Kansas is, when you're talking about the home games and potential sellouts, it's easy to get excited about Oklahoma State coming in next week, or, or after the bye. It's easy always to get excited for Texas, and it's easy when you got the Sunflower Showdown. So maybe they'll have the benefit of that. I just hope that, you know, for the fan base that has been so locked and loaded and, and re- reality sets in too that, look, the fan base was rabid for this when they were, you know, 2-0 and coming into the Duke game or, or, or 3-0 and coming into the Duke game, right? Like, so maybe it's easy to rekindle that. I just, with all the things happening, and good on Travis Goff for getting this stadium stuff done at the right time, because honestly, it would probably be a little bit more difficult after the season as it would have been when he got it done i just don't want to see any of this momentum spoiled because of a an unfortunate circumstance of schedule and an unfortunate even then after that circumstance of the way that you know the way that the injury situation has played out but maybe people expected this tommy i mean we've been talking about it for a long time because we you you know i just look at the schedule and i'm like okay well Iowa state felt like at the time the most winnable conference game Okay, so 5-0, and oh, but then the last seven. I mean, that's the, that number has been floating out there, so maybe the expectation has been reasonable. Maybe there's forgiveness in the injury to Jalen Daniels. I just don't want to see the momentum die because it's it's been so much fun to follow it this year and moving forward and having outside and recruits see this and do all this. I just hope it doesn't hurt anything big picture that it's sequenced out the way that it has.
0: Well, I'll tell you exactly what my expectations were for the Jayhawks coming into this season. And it was for them to go two and one in non-conference. I figured they would probably drop the Houston game. And then I, I wanted them to win one conference game. So I, I thought three. I thought three and nine was probably a realistic expectation this Jayhawks team and they start the season five and oh so yeah of course you would just adjust your expectations accordingly but now I think it's okay to adjust your expectations again like I think that it can it can move in one direction and move back in another without it being detrimental to the program and you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about Travis Goff and he's not an idiot you know, he, he knew exactly when to strike. You know, you strike when the iron is hot. You strike when you're five and zero. you strike when you've got game day coming to town. You strike on a on a stadium deal when there is more buzz on this program than there has been in 15 years. You don't wait when you look at the schedule. You don't wait until you're five and three you're five and five or five and seven. You do it when you're five and zero. And I think that because and, and you have to look at it through the lens Of the 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 fan base of this program and those who are around the program about how terrible we all know how terrible this program has been for over a decade. I mean, back to like the Bush administration and So I think that even and this is why I I am not backing off and I won't back off of my position that even losing out, losing seven in a row and finishing the season at five and seven and just missing out on a bowl game is substantially better than the depths of despair that this program has been in for so long. So I don't think it kills the momentum. Uh, I think that it I think you adjust your expectations accordingly. You, you'd absolutely want at least one more win to make it to a bowl game for the first time in 15 years. Absolutely, you do. But I think that this program, regardless, is on firm and positive footing moving forward.
3: I'm going to lay out another scenario scenario for you that I think is realistic. And I'm not. I'm doing these things because I I want the perspective. Let's say they lose out. They go five and seven. They lose their last seven. They don't make a bowl game. And Lance Leipold leaves. Where does that leave the program?
0: Um, that is probably the nightmare scenario. No, it's not even probably. That is the nightmare scenario. And
3: it's very possible. And it's very possible.
0: I think that, that you are more likely to lose Lance Leipold if your team is 7-5, and 8-4, and four, uh, and you're going to a bowl game than if you finish 5-7 and seven and you miss a bowl.
3: Oh, I don't think that anything that happens the rest of the way is, would deter, if Nebraska wants Leipold, him losing the last seven, I don't think hurts his chances, because it's easy, you can... Well, I think it does. Maybe it is, maybe it is for the fans, but for the administration, they know Jalen Daniels got hurt, like, they're not, they're not dumb, they they can see that happening. Wisconsin, it's going to be a natural fit if that happens anyway, uh, because of his history there, but... I, I don't right. I, I think it's gonna take that kind of job for Leipold. And I think Leipold could hedge his bets and wait if he indeed ever had any ambition of going somewhere else. Um but I but I do think it's within the realm of possibility that Leipold is like, man, we lost seven in a row. Maybe we're not as far along in the rebuild as I'd hoped. Can I just take you know, I, I, again it's it's really hard to predict what coaches are thinking on that stuff because it's such a personal decision. Uh, that you would never have any insight, any real insight anyway into. But I do think losing the last seven, if another, t- let's say Nebraska wanted him after the Iowa State game and Nebraska wants him after the K State game and they lose the rest of the way. I don't, I wonder, I wonder, I don't know this at all. I just wonder if anything that happens the rest of the way would sway or swing Leipold's decision in any direction for either reason quite frankly Um, I don't know I don't know but I hate it and I just want Daniels to get healthy and I just want them to get to a bowl game just get to a ball game they can do it look and that's the beauty of yesterday or, or Saturday right that's two games in a row now where they had every opportunity to get run out of the building and they didn't let that happen either time and those are in road games and hostile environments they don't have an easy one left on the schedule but they're hanging around enough that they could get one here. They could beat Texas at home. They could go to Lubbock and get a win. I don't know if they can beat Oklahoma State, and I don't know if they can go to Manhattan and beat a healthy K-State, but they could get Tech or Texas in the right scenario. Come on, Jalen Daniels. Let's go.
0: Just got to get one more.
3: Just got to get one more. It really needs to happen so we can put this to bed. 869-1240. We'll come back. The World Series is set. Some people angry that the Phillies are there. Hint, hint. I think Tommy might be a little angry that the (laughs) Phillies are there. Uh, But we'll talk about it. Is it good or bad for baseball that the Phillies are there? That's next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everyone. Tommy, I'd ask you to put your recent hatred to the side here and join me in rooting against the Astros in the World Series, but I'm afraid that may be a tall ask from you. As no, I'm going to tell you advanced? something
0: shocking. I'm going to tell you something shocking. I am on board with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, okay, I am. I am. Uh, I, I can't. I can't fight it. That, that was so exciting uh, to watch the NLCS yesterday and Bryce Harper. That home run, and I, I don't like Bryce Harper. I've never liked Bryce Harper, but that home run was incredible. And uh, this Phillies team, man, like they they kind of seem like that team of destiny uh, to to make it all this way, and uh, they've got to get it done now.
3: Yeah, I mean Houston does too, though. Houston's rolled through the playoffs. Also, they're just they've been there so many times recently. I think that the buzz isn't natural. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of 2014 Royals. You had. All the attention and the excitement and the buzz around the Royals getting there first time in forever, right? The exciting nature in which they did it. And then you had the Giants sitting on the other side who got there every other year and had all these World Series and were just kind of sitting there, right? That's what this reminds me of. Um, And I hope that's not the case. I hope it doesn't play out the same way. I do hope we get a a World Series as exciting as that one was, uh, even though it didn't go our way around here. But... The Phillies are an interesting case study here. And I've seen, you know, the old men in their rocking chair baseball guys They see, this is why we shouldn't have expanded playoffs. But, man, I see what's happening in Philadelphia, and I'm like, no, this is exactly why we needed to expand the playoffs. This, well, number one, there is absolutely zero question on whether this is good for the game of baseball. Of course it's good for the game of baseball. Is it the most fair way to like to I don't know, because the Phillies had more wins than a lot of recent World Series winners had in the years they won the World Series. You know what I mean? So I don't I I just don't buy into that that much, that this is some travesty that the Phillies were here anyway. I think it's awesome.
0: I've seen this characterized as a David and Goliath World Series, and I don't buy into that. I really don't. The, the Phillies are not oh, the no. David. no! No no no! They, they <laughs> no. might be. They they might have been the six seed for sure. You know, and they, they they struggled at times during the regular season. They had what eighty seven regular season wins and snuck their way into the playoffs. And you know, everybody in the NL East, you know, talking about the Braves and, and the Mets, uh, and forgot about the Phillies. But they've got Bryce Harper. They've got Kyle Schwarber. They've got uh, you know Nick Castellanos. They've got Zach Wheeler. They've got Aaron Nola. Like they have. Uh, they they've got they've got a team uh, and they're a good team they're a solid team it is not a David and Goliath like how did these guys make it did they just get hot at the right time is it kind of a flash in the pan they're a good baseball team and uh, yeah the Astros have rolled they have not lost a game in this postseason that is impressive they absolutely demolished the Yankees um, they're great and they've they've won the American League for the last six years I get it. But this is not a David and Goliath World Series. I think it's a no. fairly evenly matched World Series that we're going to see.
3: It is. And the Phillies, you know, the Phillies were just a vict- You know, they struggled at a time this year. But it's not like their payroll's low or, you know, anything like that. Like, they've spent plenty of money. They've got one of the best players in the world in Bryce Harper. They have two dominant frontline starting pitchers. Like, they, they've they got plenty, right? And, and the Astros, I would say the Astros are a more complete team because I think that they are. But the Phillies they got that buzz. And they've got two guys right now that at any given point, in Harper and Harper and Schwarber can can, you know, change the fortunes of a game and they're both they both happen to be hot. I think it favors the Astros that the Phillies went ahead and got it done and will have to wait a while before they play again. Because I do think momentum has a lot to do with what the Phillies are doing right now, whereas the Astros are just you know they're just that good anyway, right? But it'll be good. I think it'll be a good World Series. I do think How we'll about, get an extended uh, World Series.
0: Yeah. How about that home run though? That that Bryce Harper opposite field home run. Um, That's what we've. That's what Bryce Harper has been waiting for his entire career up to this point. I know. Incredible.
3: If it wasn't. I hated that it was against the Padres, but it was cool. I mean, it, it gave you the chills and all that kind of stuff. And and by the way, during the World Series. There's a Thursday night football game. I think it's Thursday night football game between the Texans and and the Eagles. So Houston and Philadelphia in the national spotlight all over the place (laughs) this week. We'll come back. We'll wrap up a Monday edition of Sports Daily next.